What's going on, everybody? This is J.M. Banks. And I'm Eric Hawthorne. And this is Urban Alchemy Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, So we're going to be doing things a little bit different going forward. Me and Eric, as many of you know, if you have been sticking around for our tenure here on the podcast, we love films, we love TVs, we love media in general. And that's been one of the main building blocks of our relationship over the years is our ability to talk about literally anything in regards to our favorite movies, TV shows, music and whatnot. And we just carried conversations over the phone for hours and that's how this podcast eventually came to light so i decided to take a moment to start going over our most favorite pieces of media and to start off our inaugural episode we are going to be taking a retrospective look at the wire season one probably i can say uh from my end probably my first favorite first season of any TV show next to maybe Game of Thrones. But that was so different and just far off and removed from anything that's ever came before. The Wire completely reset the foundation of what a crime procedural is. Like no longer were you looking at a looking at it as a crime show, like the good guys and the bad guys, and we're rooting, rooting for the for the cops because the bad guys are low down drug dealers. Like this show really went in depth. And, and took the time to develop characters and show you like they're not selling drugs just because they're greedy and and just evil people like these people have systematic reasons like you get to see the parents you get to see the family units you get to see like some of these people literally didn't have a choice they were born into it they try to get away from it but unfortunately due to the lack of options they're in the game and they love the way it splits between law enforcement and the criminal element eric do you remember your first time watching the wire yes i do my buddy was like, there's a show you got to watch. And I was like, okay, what is it? He said, The Wire. I said, you know what? I've heard about that. Um, I guess I'll have to delve into it. And so he um, actually lent it to me on DVD. Nice. And he gave me the first season. I watched one episode, put it down. And then I had to pretend like I actually finish the season okay and so he's like oh well here's season two you're gonna want to watch season two i was like okay so then i went into season two and then i watched the first episode i said okay i'm gonna go beyond the first episode went to the second third fourth fifth and i was confused i'm like okay who was that again because i didn't entirely watch the first season and so i was hooked and even though season two is the season where people you're either on board with season two or you're not on board with season two. And but I was completely hooked. And so I had to say, hey, bud, can I go get season one again? I just kind of want to catch up on what I missed and stuff like that. So uh, that's basically how I got into the wire. But, you know, my father had told me about The Wire. I think an uncle had told me about The Wire. I think I even had a professor, because I watched this in my college days, tell me about The Wire, and I was just happy to finally get into it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Season two was the docs, right? Right. Dark workers. So yeah. A lot of people didn't like that. Yeah. That followed uh, Frank Sabaka. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. I season, like action. I think it's more relevant to today mm-hmm. actually because With human trafficking, human tra- human trafficking. You got, uh, white men who feel like they are, um, cast aside, uh, overburdened, disenfranchised, disenfranchised, you know, not making enough money. And then you have the unionization. Uh, it, it, let's not talk about season I was about two. to say, we got but, so yeah, much we, to talk we about. We need to talk about season one first, but season two is a good season. I like it. Like, yeah. I really like. My first time was actually with you fellas in our wonderful journey to join Alpha File Fraternity Incorporated. I didn't watch it. First season of The Wire came out back in 2002. So I didn't hop on to it. Uh, our, my freshman year of college, which is in 2006, the beginning of 2006, going into 2007. So it was already well into seasons, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty well established. People have talked about it before. Actually, one of my professors in one of our criminal justice classes, I remember me and Steve actually took that same class and he had asked uh, the first day of class, does anybody know what the most authentic crime TV show is? And everybody's hands went up and started saying, you know, uh, New York Undercover or SVU. I said the shield because I was like, that's a pretty, pretty good interpretation. It's gritty. And he was like, no, it's it's the wire. And everybody was like, oh, and I was like, am I the only one who hasn't seen this show? And yeah, I watched it at Stefan's apartment in his loft. And it was the season with uh, where the boys, Michael and, and Dookie and all of them, the boy Naaman, and they all, you know, are friends. And I really love that aspect, just that childhood. I had never seen a TV show talk about what it's like to be a kid in the hood with all this shit going on around you. And I was just like, I'm going to have to come back to this show. But of course I don't have HBO. So I couldn't just go back to it until we became alphas and James cook. He lent me the seasons, you know, season by season, I caught up on it. And that's when I became, that's the, probably the first show ever I binged. Like I took chunks of my life to watch these seasons and I couldn't stop. It was just so, so great. And this show was just filled with so many great actors and and it was so well written, so directed so well that I fell in love with it. It's one of my favorite shows of all times. I know it's one of Eric's favorite shows and it's, it, I can think of no better way to start uh, our reviews for TVs and movies in this new segment than the wire season one. So let's just get into it. Wire season one. It has a phenomenal cast. Uh, Dominic West, of course, who is an Englishman. I, you didn't know that? I didn't know that going into it. I had to really, until like the second or third time, and I start catching words. Or I saw an interview with him uh, when he did the Punisher sequel movie, and he was speaking in a British accent. I'm like, what? Yeah, I mean, you got him, Idris Elba. Didn't know that about Idris Elba either. But now that I've rewatched certain words, he, he, and he's yelling. When Idris yells, that's when that 
American yeah. accent is real shaky. Yeah, particularly yeah. Uh, in season one and two, it's a hard accent to pull off. First off, right? Like some of those actors, I'm super surprised they were able to pull it off so well. Well, there's a behind the scenes look on season one, very first episode's opening is when his uh character McNulty Dominic what's his name Dominic, Dominic West Dominic West his character McNulty is trying to inquire about a mur- murder and the young man that was killed his name is Snot Boogie Snot Boogie and he, the director said he had to redo that scene over and over and over again because he couldn't say it in the Baltimore accent. He kept saying it in his English accent and it kept breaking character each and every time. So uh, that's just a little tidbit. But yeah, they actually got their accents down pretty good, but you can tell certain certain phrases and certain instances where the accent does break especially for Dominic West. And I'm so glad you brought that opening scene up because that's a great introductionary scene. Just set everything up, set up what kind of cop uh, McNulty is, uh, set up the just the scene of the Baltimore streets. How I love he's telling the story about Snob Boogie and how he got shot. And he's just like, he, he does the same thing every Friday night at the crap games. You know, he gets in, he puts some money down, he loses a little bit of money, and then he grabs the money and runs. And old boy didn't have to shoot snot buggy. And I love that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole season is is is, is Dominic West saying, wait a sec. So Snot Buggy robs the crab game every Friday. And he's like, Yeah. And y'all let him play anyways. And he's like, Yeah, it's America. <laughs> right. Everybody get a everybody get a chance to play. Like, I love that because it just sets up everything from start to finish with this show perfectly like it tells you everything you need to know about the characters about the cops about how like certain cops just don't care to certain cops it's just a another black guy dead on the street good riddance but McNulty's like actually trying to break this down and figure out wait tell me everything (laughs) like let me know how this all happens he's trying to understand but yeah yeah the 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 accents uh and the fact that they were able to pull uk actors and that just is a testament to how great uk actors really are if they can come over here and portray you know people i can do a boston boston or uh baltimore accent to save my life but somehow they were able to pull it off and then we had the breakout stars in my opinion michael k williams and michael b jordan who are the two people most people say oh they were in the wire oh that's good right you know but those were the two roles uh that i think really really took them above and beyond so just starting from we already started talking about the breakdown of episode one it pretty much just sets up everything in regards to who jimmy he is what kind of copy is he's actually what they call good police because there's a lot of cops who generally don't give a damn they just want to go to go to work get the paycheck and go home and mcnulty actually cares about solving crimes and doing right by the community he actually loves doing police work and it actually becomes uh probably his downfall over the long run of the series and just watching everything from the dramatic uh shifts 
when you look at the characters in the first season as opposed to the last season you know mcnulty turns out he's the he's the uh, protagonist of this series i would say he's the main knight in shining armor trying to do right by the community and by the end of the season he's pretty much lost his moral compass and, and he has to live with the, the decisions he's made in order to you know catch criminals and he ends up doing some things that you're like hold on you're a cop bro and the main antagonist of the series i would say ends up being a legitimate person it's just like okay this show completely just tipped everything on his axis who am i rooting for here who's the good guy and it does it so perfectly but it does a great job it also introduces us to characters like d'angelo bargsdale and stringer bell and you and I, that's another thing i love with uh, idris elba is they showed us something so new like nino brown wanted to be what they made stringer bell like a legitimate kingpin who's educated who nobody sees coming because he's just so outside of the sphere of hood life he knows that shit is not real he knows that shit has nowhere but prison or or grave and he's trying to make a way to make it out of it. he tries to try to tries to educate these young brothers yeah um I think uh, McNulty starts tracking Stringer. I'm not sure if it's the first season, but he realizes that Stringer is taking an economics course. Uh, it's either micro or macro. Yeah, he notices him in the first episode in the courtroom. Yeah. And then he kind of like sees like this guy's kind of different than yeah, the rest of the crew. He's definitely different. He's definitely the more calm cool and collected leaders of the barksdale gang there's a there is a line i cannot remember verbatim what exactly is said but there's a conversation between stringer and avon and there's a line we could do like little willie man back in the day with all the number money to run this goddamn city like businessmen. Man, just let me talk to the boy Marlowe, see if I can't smooth this shit out. I mean, it ain't gonna be overnight because the nigga only knows what he knows. But I think I could talk some sense in his head. Yeah, I ain't no suit wearing businessman like you. You know, I'm just a gangster, I suppose. And I want my corners. Basically, where uh, Avon just says, you know, I'm just a gangster, I suppose. Yeah. That's just all he is. He's a gangster. That but Stringer wanted to eventually be a real estate agent. He had aspirations of uh, the political life. He was a businessman. And then, don't get me wrong, Avon saw himself as a businessman as well, running their product. But Stringer took it to a whole new level. I mean, we had not seen uh, a character fleshed out like that. Absolutely. Somebody who you're supposed to think of as the most abhorrent of human beings because they're basically peddling uh, poison to the streets. But Stringer would come up on game and he would, uh, I, I guess the right, I, I guess the word is mentor the young people. He would mentor poop. Uh, definitely, uh, what's his name? Bodie. Yeah, Bodie. Uh, Wallace. He, you know, Wallace, uh, D'Angelo. He would, you know, uh, definitely give them knowledge, you know. Or uh, try to. Or try to. I think that's one of my favorite 
things about the first season is these older cats trying to give knowledge to the next generation and it just going pure over their head. One of my favorite scenes from the first season is when D'Angelo Barksdale, who's the nephew of Avon Barksdale, who's the head of this criminal organization in Baltimore. And like we said, uh, Stringer Bell is the right hand man. He's the brains of the operation, uh, while Avon is the muscle. He's the one who put in all the work, you know, and got his hands dirty more or less to wear the crown. Stringer don't want the crown. Stringer just wants to get enough money to get the hell out of Dodge. But D'Angelo's trying to tell the three main young guys in the first season, Bodie, Poot, and Wallace, about chess. These niggas is sitting here playing checkers with a chessboard. And he tries to hit them on, you know, try to correlate the pieces and the way they move to their to the drug game. And they are just not soaking it up. I think I think maybe Wallace was soaking. Yes, Wallace was the one who was soaking it up. The other two were just lost. And he was just trying to explain to them, like, you're going to be a soldier or are you going to be one of the people who can make major moves? But I love those little scenes where, like, smart people try to hit the people, but they don't want to hear it. And the way that Stringer was able to implement what he learned in those college courses, drug you know, selling game, is incredible. I really feel like they were the main facet of the first season. I mean, it, cops are great. McNulty was very entertaining, uh, but the criminals was where the story was at for me. Yeah, um, they are so fleshed out and really humanized. Oh, yeah. Uh, they go out of their way to humanize uh, the people that are in the streets. Uh, as when, well as the drug addicted people like Bubbles. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely Bubbles. Bubbles has a very good arc. One of the best. Yeah, one of the best arcs in the um, course of the series. But, you know, you get to see Wallace's home life. And Wallace is somebody who has the routing electricity. electricity. I did not catch that until recently when I restarted watching the first season that they had that long cord going across all the way across the street to another house. Right. Did not catch that the first time. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> reality right. for a lot of families. I do what you have to. In impoverished areas. But, you know, you see that. Uh, D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo, I would say, is somebody who is not really for the streets. He was just born into he it. He was born into it, and that's really uh, Brianna's doing. Avon's sister, really another British actress, uh, yeah, uh, who's really pushing for him to come up in the game. And D'Angelo, I don't think he really wants to be in the game. Uh, you find that out in later seasons, uh, what he really truly thinks about the game. But, you know, he's just like, okay, the, you know, my uncle is Avon, and mm. so this is what I have to do. My last name is Barksdale. Yeah, basically, you know, keeping up with the Barksdale crew. Because his grandfather was, was right. one of the main gangsters who pretty much set the scene in Baltimore in this story. But there is a scene that is so good where Avon puts D'Angelo up on game and brings him to a, a nursing facility mm -hmm. to visit his uncle who is 
Avon's brother. It's like you can't be, you can never be a little too slow, and you can never be a too too late, uh, because his brother was right, and his brother was shot in the head for that because it was a little bit too slow, a little bit too late. Basically saying, you know, when you make your moves, you got to make them with a purpose. You got to be swift in what you do. Um, These are lessons that are applicable to life. Now, I will say this. White folks in this show would basically impart the same messages or even just in real life. Okay. You want to be aggressive with the stock stock market. Uh, You want to do X, Y, and Z when you're going to school, but these people live a completely different life. So they're like, hey, if you want to stay on top of the game, you can't move too slow. You can never be too late. You got to move with precision because if you want to make it to the next step, if you want to see another day in life, then you better make sure that you you always come correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I always the wire is a show where you have to be able to absorb and really think and digest and break down what just happened. I don't think the wire would actually work today mm-hmm. because we're in an age of binging. Yeah. The wire is a show you gotta think, man. Okay, what really ha- what really happened in this show? And you have to break it down. You got to write think pieces on it and everything. In this day and age, when you're talking about shows like Ozark or anything like that, you or et cetera, et cetera, you're not really breaking the show down to its deeper level. Mm-hmm. You're not really deconstructing. Yeah. You were just kind of saying, oh, this was great about this episode or this is what didn't work. But on The Wire, that is a show where you really have to say, "Okay, who's this character? What do they represent? Who's this character? How are they the antagonist or protagonist to the story, et cetera, et cetera. So I really do appreciate that uh, with uh, David Simon's writing. His direction was really... Uh, superb Um, so we've talked a lot about the streets so what did you think about like law enforcement I know we'll go back to the streets yeah yeah. what did you think about law enforcement I liked it Uh, I really liked the the portrayal the way they they showed you like not every cop is a hero just like not every drug dealer is a villain like they made a clear point to let you know like the, there's the cops who only care about the politics of it all there's cops that are generally only concerned with getting their pension and getting the hell out there are cops that are only just on the political bandwagon who's gonna you know get in good with the higher up so they can try to progress their career in any ways and some of the cops start off like that like Daniels he doesn't care about anything but his political aspirations and then he gets so enthralled in the case he starts doing things to put that uh, that career in jeopardy 
And that it pretty much comes into the second season with, with everybody pissing everybody off. And that's what I love. Like at one point I felt like the police chief was the, the villain of the story. At another point I felt like the captain was the villain of the story. You know, at Press Pelosi was the villain of the story for me at one point. <laughs> I forgot about Press. Yeah, fired his gun in a car and said he was in a sniper for uh, shooting. Then it blinded a kid who was leaning on a police car because he wanted to show out in front of his friends. Right. It, it's it's just like it does a great job at letting you know like there are cops who are great people who actually want to do do good and then there are cops who just don't really care this is just a job that they're doing and then going to go home and then you have like those cops who are doing it for the rush of it you know like uh hurt and carver even even mcnulty at a certain point was just like he's just doing this because he gets high off of it like this is what gets this guy hard like he really gets involved in these cases until a certain point where like in the second season he's not even on the the the, the force or the, he's not even in the detail anymore and he's still doing these investigations on his off time it's just like what the hell guy but i get it they want to show you like cops are passionate but it's an addiction that gets carried away same with the game like drug dealers they want to make money but at some point they're going to get carried away they're going to start being flashy and they're going to start making mistakes like you said uh one of the big themes about the wire is who's wearing the crown whether it be politically in terms of who's in control of the police who's in control with city hall or you know in the streets with who's the kingpin Who's the top crew? Who's going to be telling all the other crews what they got to do? And that's why I loved Omar. Omar was one of the breakout stars because he was also just a character you've never seen anything like. You know, you have this stick-up kid with a code of honor who also is a homosexual and is a proud homosexual at that. Like, he right. doesn't care. He, he'd rather you know. Uh, so you know. Like, if you want, if you got problems, you know who I am. Like, you know, you hear this whistling. You see a guy with a trench coat and a scar. It's Omar. Omar coming. Right. And, and just the way they were able to seamlessly create that character and nobody said anything you know no one thought twice about oh yeah he's gay he can't be doing any of this they they right. really fleshed that character out so well well they the the thing is the major and minor characters are all fleshed out well and they i would say 99 percent of them all have different arcs uh great arcs uh excuse me like you're talking about how dislike press Belusky is in the first mm. season but by the end of the show you like press press Belusky. i mean in the in the first season he's somebody that blinds a kid but by the end of the show he's somebody that helps children mm. uh then you have um uh, somebody like um i'm trying to think of a cop uh, yeah i'm trying to think of a cop uh, Daniels is really more of an intricate character. He's really an enigma because he's so stern and you really don't. What about the old guy? You talking about Lester? Yes, Lester. Okay, Lester, uh, Lester's cool. Uh, you don't know he's cool. You think you he's just a bum-ass cop. <laughs> and, they, and then, uh, McNulty, I believe the specific terminology that they use is they call him a hump. Like yeah, he's yeah. just there. He's just there. He's just there. But you realize that he is uh, 
super good at his job. He's listening. He's listening. He's intelligent. He's taking it all in. He's an excellent. Do you remember that scene where they figured out he's not just a bum? Yep. With the with the Barksdale flyer because they cannot get a picture of Avon Barksdale. Right. Like he's not on the books. He has no criminal record. He has no records at all. No driver's license. No. Pre- pretty much this guy's just off the grid. And they cannot find a picture of him. And they say something about him, you know, being a boxer back in the day. Somebody, an informant said, oh, yeah, he was a boxer back in the day. And and something clicks in in Freeman's head and he goes out and they're like, well, where the hell is he going? He comes back with the actual uh, poster. Yeah, poster of a boxing match with Avon Bargsdale. And it was just like. Uh, this guy's smart like he made this connection lightning quick and that's when you kind of see this guy is he makes furniture miniature furniture dollhouse furniture right and he just sits there for like four episodes making these little elaborate furniture pieces and you just don't pay any attention to him but once he enters the story he's in there and he's one of my favorite characters throughout the show yeah, uh, I would say Lester's cool, Kima's cool. I didn't like Herc and Carver. No, I really didn't. I felt Carver was really annoying. He was very ambitious. Uh, Herc has a fall from grace, potential grace. <laughs> Goddamn uh, camera. Yeah, you know, over the course of the season, starting out as a police officer and then winding up as basically a driver mm-hmm. yeah glorified driver <laughs> glorified driver i'm trying to think who else uh Rhonda, isn't she like the prosecutor uh yes yeah she's the prosecutor uh i didn't like kima's home life story Kima's home life story went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, it wasn't as entertaining as like Daniel's home life story. Daniel's like, home life story was interesting, but I think that they purposely left like whatever he did in his past, whether it was taking a bribe yeah. or whatever, so ambiguous that you're really trying to figure out what it is that he did. Uh, from the beginning of the show to the end of the fifth season, but you never find out. Yeah, and that's that's the great thing about the show is there's such a a massive gray area for these characters. Like right. you have good characters who have done bad things, and you don't. And you know that's not even saying the good characters are the cops or or the bad characters are the drug dealers. Like there are bad people on both sides there are good people on both sides it's all about what their end game is yeah absolutely uh so you know there's always that shades of those shades of gray which i really like it's not whether oh you need to side with this group of people or you need to side with this group of people like you see some of the people in the police force as good and bad and same as the people in the streets you're like okay uh these people are good these are people these are the people that are bad like i i mean really the people that are in the streets you really don't see them as really bad people i mean to be quite honest i mean one of my favorite characters throughout the entire series is Weebay, mm. and that is one of avon's lieutenants and 
Weebay is nuanced. He's funny. Uh, layered. Very layered for a lieutenant. For a yeah, secondary character. Like. Yeah, I mean, this is a dude who goes out and will kill anybody. Loves any, that killing shit. Yeah, any any given time, but he has such a love for fish. Yeah. And uh, what kind of sandwiches? I forgot what kind of, I think it's a... Uh, I can't even remember what kind of sandwiches he likes, but, you know, he likes them with extra horseradish. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, just little funny, small things like that add layers and depths to characters. I mean, I can't really think of a character that's not really, that's not really fleshed out. Maybe Stinkum. I was Maybe about to stinks. say, uh, Bird. <laughs> yeah, Bird. All I we mean, know about Bird is he love that killing shit. But Bird, I and mean, he, he covered them shiny little guns. Yeah, but yeah, but Bird. I mean, but everybody else really layered. I mean, I, I'm thinking about how good the uh, how applicable some of these stories are to real life situations that we hear hear about, like not snitching, the Gantt situation where Gant was oh, yeah. on, uh, you know, he was a primary witness. witness to a trial, uh, to, to a murder. And he was somebody who, uh, decided to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead, even with great trepidation, I'm going to go ahead and testify. And, you know, they took his testimony and everything. And he pointed out who was the shooter, et cetera, et cetera. D'Angelo Barstow. Yep. D'Angelo Barstow, but that ultimately didn't materialize. But that ultimately is the downfall of the whole organization because then D'Angelo starts to crack and then he starts to feel guilty and then they start to, you know, it's all a matter of people facing their consequences of their actions because you had this guy who killed a guy, got witnessed by a civilian. And then he did the right thing and, and start testifying and got him killed. And then you have uh, Wallace who, you know, uh, spots Omar's boyfriend and then calls in Stringer and then they torture the shit out this kid. And then he gets super, you know, guilty about it. And it's just like these, these, these constant uh, cause and effects that happen and then it has these nev- negative repercussions overall spoiler alert if you haven't seen the f- season one of the wire we're spoiling this it's shit been 20 years. yeah you've had you've been warned years ago <laughs> wallace gets shot and killed by his two best friends and that's probably mo- the most gripping scene of the whole that's a really show probably he, he's you know he was all like we boys, you know, and he was crying. This is Michael B. Jordan, I would say, at his apex in acting because he, this is like a 13, 14 mm. year old. But that particular scene that you're talking about, I mean, it's sad. It, it's a sad yes. scene. You know, they lead him into the house and Poot and uh, Bodie are behind him, walking him into the house. And the, uh, these grim looks on their face. It's so, so crushing just to watch. I think he, you know, like if he would just turned around and saw their faces, like he, 
They told him to be a man. Oh, yeah, because he started peeing on himself and pleading. And he's just like, you get the real sense. He's not a gangster. He doesn't want to be a gangster. He just wants to be a kid. Like, he just, and he can't be a kid because he has to raise these other kids. And he has to provide for them. And he can't go to school. He has to sell drugs. And it's just like... Yo, like it, it's so easy to put these these people in a box and say, oh, they're a drug dealer, they're doing something wrong, they're bad people, and it's just like, yo, some people don't got breaks, right? Like some people ain't got parents. Like pe- some people didn't start at at square one like you. People started at negative three. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's what the show creators actually went out their way to. Uh, really you know illustrate you know you i'm not gonna lie you don't see a lot of um white creators really get it but this is somebody david simon who really grew to love the city of baltimore as a writer i think he was I don't remember the newspaper that he was a writer for, uh, but he really got to see what it was like for people that look like you and I yeah. out there. And he he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't sugarcoat it, but he makes the characters relatable, lovable, likable. And I think that's really important. You like Stringer Bell. You like Avon Barksdale. You like uh Weebay. You like uh everybody in the Barksdale crew, yeah. basically. You like people in the opposing crew and Prop Joe's crew. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> It's just it's just crazy how he really humanizes uh, the characters of the show. And I think a lot of times when you see these shows with the gangsters and all that, that's what they are. They're gangsters. They're not people first. And the show goes a completely different uh, route and it was new it was refreshing and that's why I really enjoyed The Wire absolutely it, it, it's just a show that was so unlike anything else that came before it and I, I can literally watch that at any given point of the year and it will not be boring I know you have your seasons you don't like uh, I, I, I think only it, one season I know but it's just I, I feel like it's a great story straight through I love you know every piece of it but yeah the wire is just something that is amazing and it continues to uh, just like I said I watch it over and over again and see something new every time I watch it and that's what kind of show it was supposed to be it was supposed to be something to make you sit down and think and rewatch and reevaluate and, and and reshape how you look at characters and and just see an evolution like they really took the time to flesh out these characters to say okay this character is like Bodie take Bodie Bodie is an ignorant corner kid at the very first season and then after he kills wallace you see an instant change he's no longer a child he's he's no longer just the kid everybody joked around with you know talking about chicken nuggets and stuff he's a actual bona fide street boss now like and then you see the progression and then you see the fall and it's just like 
I feel like I know this Bodie guy. I feel like I know all these characters because they they are actual characters, and and, and you, I, I'm so glad they didn't ga- Game of Thrones it when just be like you know what, let's just be lazy. I mean, uh, you talking about by the fifth season? Yeah, just be like you know what, let's just wrap it up. Let's just let's just say kind of, to me by the fifth season they had kind of jumped the shark. They uh, jumped the shark, but not like. Let's, it wasn't lazy. It was just. It, I, I get what you're saying. Like it was fantastical, more fantastical than they allowed the show to be up into that point. Right. But they didn't go like they didn't turn. You know, if you've seen the show, uh, I'm not. They didn't turn McNulty into an actual serial killer. Right. Like they didn't. It just would have been. You know, if, if Marlowe would have been elected mayor. Like it's just like. <laughs> Stuff like that is crazy Game of Thrones. Like, let's just be lazy. But these people actually, I, I was happy with the ending when it came around. When when it t- finally came, I was happy with it. I think I was not happy with the ending. I didn't like the fifth season. I, I t- I'm full disclosure. I hate the fifth season. <laughs> I think it's every season prior to that is like a nine or above the f- fifth season to me is probably like a five and a half or six. Oh geez Louise. It's it's that bad to me just because the premise is just out of nowhere. Now what I will say is unlike Game of Thrones, the fifth season is not lazy writing. Not whatsoever. Not by a long shot. Mm. It's just that it's just so far to the left and just so I would say not unreasonable, but just like not, <laughs> it is implausible. It's so implausible. The premise is so implausible that that's what I have an issue with. But other than that, you know, I still care about the characters. I still like the character arcs. I like where Bubbles winds up. I understand where. Uh, we haven't really talked about Marlowe, but we understand where Marlowe, Chris, Snoop, all of them wind up, his crew, um, who's left of the Barksdale crew, uh, the kids, like uh, Dookie and what's the young man's name? Uh, Michael. Michael. Uh, Naaman. Yeah, Michael. He becomes the new Omar. Yeah, and even in the, like one of the last scenes of The Wire is you show everybody who's left from Barksdale organization in the first season in prison. And it's like, oh, they're the lucky ones. They get to live. Right. Like everybody else is dead from the first season, but these guys. I poop. Poop is, poop, poop is yeah poop did make it out That's, he he became a footlocker yeah so he got a legitimate job and that was so crazy because if you watch that scene it looks like it's a joke but like nah this nigga's working like he's a legitimate tax-paying citizen now like he's it's not a step down it's a step in the right direction right I, I know people who saw that scene and laughed and thought it was a joke like no this nigga made it out like yes he is working at a footlocker but he's not going to die or go to prison right it's a victory there's a lot of great a lot of great scenes what's your favorite scene of the first season we scene, and people talk about this there have been think pieces on this as well where d'angelo does not believe he is long for this world 
you know, he... Because there's a snitch in the camp. Because there's a snitch and, you know, they think it's him. And he and he knows that uh, Wee Bay is the lieutenant. You know, he doesn't know if uh, Avon has sent Wee Bay out to kill him or what. Because he's been acting real weak. He's been guilty about the witness getting killed and just acting real sketchy and stuff. Exactly. And so... Basically, Weebay tells, uh, you know, D'Angelo, you know, you're coming with me. He's like, for what? No, you're coming with me. No, no info. No info whatsoever. So imagine you getting into, imagine a angry parent just like get into the car. Well, what do I do? Get into the car. And that's all the information you're getting. You think you're going to get in trouble. So that's basically the premise of what happens in this scene. So, you know, we just like, you know, just come on. They drive and they get to an apartment. And then, you know, I mean, it's just great acting. Uh, D'Angelo, he's sweating. He's scared. Uh, you know, we basically like, no, come on, keep going, keep walking, keep walking. And then, you know, there's this dark apartment. And then, you know, D'Angelo, he's the the look on his face, he, eyes he, closed, eyes closed, sweating, uh, teeth clenching. He's starting to put his hands up. <laughs> put his hands up, and then all of a sudden the lights flick on, and then you know, we base just like, all right, man, now. These are my Tetras. I love them. And, you know, he's just confused. Describe the scene. Because when the lights come on, I was like, wait, where are they? This is why I talk about layered characters. Okay, so they're inside Weebay's apartment, okay? And inside the apartment is like an aquarium. aquarium. An actual, like a, a fish store. Yes. Like a, like just imagine going to the old, if you remember Walmart with the fish section, this is exactly what Weebay's apartment looks like. There's fish tanks everywhere. He, yes. He loves fish and he's just like, okay, you know, these, you got to feed them at this time. Don't feed these too much, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, D'Angelo's legitimately confused and the audience is like, big ah. sigh of relief. You fill it with D'Angelo. It is an excellent scene. It, it truly is. And it really layers Weebay, I mean, yeah. he, you know, they're getting, you know, he has to get out of town because, you know, you know, Weebay did kill the witness or whatever. Like I said, it, it, it's it's wonderfully shot. Mm. Um, the tension, the suspense is there. Um, you know, you're along for the ride. And, you know, it's one of the best scenes in the first season. I didn't think of it until uh, John said something. I was like, yeah, absolutely. That is an excellent scene. And it's not something that just happens for like 30 seconds. It's a it's a, it's a long buildup. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? What's your favorite scene? Gosh, I think my favorite one will probably have to be... I'd say the most impactful, of course, is the death of Wallace. But favorite one, I'd probably say, is the f meeting between uh, Omar and Bunk. 
okay. at, the, at the station. So that's when you really get a sense of who Omar is. Like, he's, you, you, you're a gangster with a code. You know, man's got to have a code. You know, and that was just, it was just such a beautiful they scene. They went to high school together, or they're, he, no, he, he went to high school with his brother. Right, and he okay. knew, he remembered him from back in the day right. playing lacrosse. Right. So yeah. this, this shows you the, the dichotomy between two people who could have had two very similar lives, but mm. one went one way, one went the other, but go ahead. Bro. Yeah, and it was just such a, uh, it's just like you, you're watching a battle. Like the, it makes you feel like you're watching a war. And then you just see like this calming moment between two black men having a conversation about, you know, lacrosse and, you know, high schools. And then it gets to the point of, you know, they, they, they bond over this shared experience. And then it gets to, like you said, like two men who went in different directions, but they're still on the very base level, still good men. Like, even though Omar is a stick up guy who robs drug dealers, like he says about the, why he's testifying, like, I never put my gun on nobody who wasn't in the game. Like, that's dirty. And he has to stand on that, even though there's no, no snitching, no talking to the police clause. He don't care. Like, these people hurt him. They hurt someone he loves. And they ain't playing by the rules. So he's like, I ain't playing by the rules either. And Bunk is just so blown away by, like, oh, this is nice. What else you got? <laughs> but remember why he was testifying. They said, the lawyer says, so what do you do? He said, I rob, I I rob, rob. Dr I robs drug dealers. He's like, so this is what you are. You are a moral a moral you are the lowest common denier leech yes and he's like he's like just like just you. like you what? Huh? <laughs> and then he turns around the lawyer turns around and it's like what did you just he said what did you say he said just like you he said you're the one with the briefcase he said basically he's saying in a nutshell you do the same thing yeah I do. we all profit off the game right and then you know you got to think about how intelligent omar is like I said, once again, David Simon and his writers go out of the way to make sure you understand that the people in the streets are intelligent. They are educated. It's just that life and the systematic racism and oppression and poverty has caused them to be in the situation that they are in. Yeah, now we're not going to do back-to-back -back wire episodes because we don't want you guys to get overloaded, but in months to come, we are going to do different seasons of The Wire uh, and hopefully finish it all up. But uh, so many great characters all through these seasons. I'm super excited to talk about all of them, uh, all of them that I love. Right. But who... Did I ask you who your favorite character was? Oh, of The Wire, uh, I will say Omar. Definitely very, especially his vendetta when he starts the vendetta against the Barksdale crew. It was just like so ruthless. Like literally people just going about their li everyday lives or him just walking out of an alley shooting somebody. Or, you know, they re really got the, the feeling like this is a man with nothing to lose, like no ties. He didn't care about getting caught. He didn't care about nothing. He went to prison and he was just like, yeah, I'm in prison. Okay, let's see what I got to do until I get out. It's just so such a great, you know, what about you? Now, we already know it's Bay. 
Oh, Wee Bay is Wee my Bay. favorite character. Wee Bay throughout the series is my favorite I character. You're going to say String. I like String. Mm. I like String because he's very nuanced and he's intelligent. He is calculating. He's cold when he needs to be. He's the gangster that Omar, I mean, not Omar, but Avon doesn't believe that he truly is. Mm. It's just he, he, has a different method of to his madness, basically. Yeah. Wee Bay is definitely my favorite character. He's just funny. He's just, I wouldn't say comic relief, but just layered. Yeah, it's a great, it's very Shakespearean, actually. I was watching that when I was watching, I was like, this is very Game of Thrones heavy, like the politics of it all. Just them yeah. talking about if you're shooting for the crown, you can't miss I was like, that's almost exactly a line from Game of Thrones. Is when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. Well, you you come at the king, you best not miss. Best not miss. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What Omar said. It was. It's very Shakespearean. No, I mean the show is overall just excellent. Even in spite of the fifth season. Oh my god! I, this is still my favorite series, and I would give the series nearly a perfect score despite yeah. the fact that the fifth season i would give a five and a half or a six i mean better than breaking bad uh better than game of Th- definitely better than game of thrones um i can't wait to talk about season two just because oh, season yeah. two is so different and the characters that we are fawning about now take a complete backseat to new characters now you're not gonna i don't think you're gonna love the characters in the second season as much as you did in the first season because they're i don't think they're as relatable as to me as a african-american man oh yeah but i still think their story is good and the obstacles that they have to overcome and the plights that they face are still really interesting yeah straight up i definitely agree with that that is so true and yeah each season is broken down to see to show you a different aspect of the city of the of the, the crime world and how other institutions leech off of that or how other institutions pretty much live off of it uh like the first season is pretty law and order heavy the second season is about the docks and then you see how the drugs are coming in and then you the third you know you get into the news and how they benefit from crime and how they over exaggerate and just want to sell stories and then you get into the school systems and how that's screwed up and you're pretty much just it's just like a factory for future criminals and it's just like yo it's so multifaceted and it's so deep and introspective and in the fact that we're even still sitting here able to talk about this for an hour you know almost 20 years after this first season has aired it just shows a testament to the longevity of this great great show and i i think it did wonders for black you know black actors could do and just giving them the the vehicles to do it so in my opinion season one nah, one out of ten stars what would you give it give it a 10 10 out of 10 yeah, yeah. i would also give it a 10 out of 10 I mean, it is perfect all the way through i mean we didn't even talk about uh 
Kima getting shot or oh yeah, there's like so that. much we didn't the... many other other aspects. We we I, didn't it's... talk basically about the law enforcement aspect. Look, we could have went through and made a entire podcast episode for each of the wire episodes but just pop it all into one season but yeah that's that's season one and i am so excited to go forward doing these reviews with eric anyways that is our episode season one of the wire me and eric's one of our favorite shows in the history of our lives it is an amazing masterpiece and if you have not seen it as of yet i hope me and eric has convinced you to go and take the time to go ahead and binge that because you will not be disappointed if you like good good writing good direction uh, good acting good story you will love the wire if you've just been waiting for a reason to get into it this is the reason you've been waiting for we endorse it we love it i might watch a few episodes after i get through recording this but yeah that's all we have please check us out next week or next week's episode eric what do you think we're going to be talking about we're going to be doing tv movies and music let's talk about music and like you said i think we should go in and talk about a retrospective of the college dropout that's right you heard it here folks kanye west inaugural freshman album my favorite hip-hop album of all time the college dropout me and eric could probably go talk about that out for about three hours once again we could probably send a podcast episode for each track on that album but in the interest of our lives and our times we will condense it to one episode so that will be next week's episode so these will be appearing every monday here on urban alchemy podcast so make sure to check that out we're going to have some other spinoffs happening here on the channel so be sure to check those out as well I am J.M. Banks. And I'm Eric Hoffman. And this is Urban Alchemy Podcast. We thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. And please continue to do so. Don't forget to like, share, comments. Go to our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube, and show support so people know our army we have behind us. So, as always, stay blessed and stay safe, folks. Peace.